We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com slash manifest. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of with Tori Simone. I'm your host, Tori Simone. Every time I go to record my podcast, it's like, it's really easy to just set up and record. And every time I'm like ready, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm doing it. And I click it and then I do my intro and I'm like, well, now I'm in it. So here I am in the thick of it. How is everyone today? Good. I'm so glad. Um, let's see. It is ironic that I'm filming this on a f- Friday. Because this episode is about how not to procrastinate, how to stop procrastination, tips I have to increase productivity, things like that with tasks. And I procrastinated filming this episode. How ironic. Um, But these tips got me to film it. So I typically film and record on Thursdays, but I'm doing this on a Friday afternoon. Um. I was traveling this week to the beach and back and forth and I forgot my microphone, which is super fun for me. Um, so I'm recording this super late, which is why I'm like, I guess, procrastinating, which is ironic, don't you think? Um, but before we get into that, how is everyone? How are you guys doing? Um, it's been a great week. I, like I said, been at the beach this past week because Seattle, Stride Seattle, my spin studio, is less than a month out from opening day, which is crazy. There's a sale going on right now um, of our class cards. So if you guys are planning on coming down, grab a 20% off. It's crazy that it were so, so close to opening. Um, I did my last training session today with all of my CIL instructors. They're incredible. It's just been a wild ride and it's all coming to an end. 
training wise. And now it's like actually game time. This is like preseason, you know, and now we're heading into like season. It's just crazy to me. But anyway, I hope you guys are all having a good day. I hope you guys all had a good week last week. I hope you guys are ready for an even better week. I hope you guys set yourself up for success this week. And yeah, I'm very excited to take on another week with you guys. Um, quickly, I want to talk about 60 Days In, which is a show on Hulu. Also, I have a question for Hulu and any other streaming service that puts ads on something that we pay for. Why? Why are they doing that? I totally get ads on free things. Example, this podcast. Example, YouTube videos. I get it. I really do. Example, well, actually, we pay for cable, but that's its own category. What I don't get is like, I just bought Paramount Plus and I have Hulu and you have to pay for it. And the cheaper payment plan has ads. Isn't that why we pay for that? (laughs) So that we don't have ads? I don't get it. Well, recently I was watching 60 Days In and Real Housewives of New Jersey and I was just so annoyed with all the ads. So I ended up upgrading the account. Um, it's actually my mom's account. So shout out to my mom um, <laughs> for paying the difference. But I upgraded my mom's account that I use. And it's just like, I mean, it's like 12 bucks a month. It's not crazy. But I'm like, isn't the whole point of paying for a streaming service to not have ads? To me, it just seems backwards. Like you don't see Netflix with an ad version, do they? I don't think so. They're just Netflix. They get it. Remember when Netflix was super like weird and niche and it was like, why would you pay for Netflix when you can go on on demand? Like before they started coming out with like original series, I feel like Orange is the New Black is really what set Netflix off. I remember I was living in LA. I was 17. It was in 2015. And I remember I was living in LA like when that show was big because my roommate um, Lauren would always watch it. And I think she would. That and BoJack Horseman. And I just remember everyone talking about it. And I was like, on Netflix, there's a show that everyone likes on Netflix. And that was crazy. But anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh, 60 Days In. Does anyone else watch 60 Days In on Hulu? Let's talk about it. Because I'm currently on season two right now. And I'm not going to give away spoilers, but I'm just going to talk about some of the casting in season one and two. So here's where I'm confused. I'm really liking the show. It's very interesting. When I was younger, like ninth grade, I used to love Beyond Scared Straight. I don't know. Like there's a fascination with prison with me. I think same with like me and true crime and like serial killers and stuff because I'm hoping it's a life I'll never get to experience. Like I'll, I hopefully will never go to jail. You know what I mean? Or I'll never be in prison. Same with like serial killers. I'll never be a, a murderer. You know what I mean? Like it's just, I don't think it's what my path is meant to be. Let's hope uh, I never go to jail. I feel like murdering you can control. Anyway. Okay. We get what I'm saying. Um, but like I can control to not become a murderer, but I feel like jail, like it could accidentally happen. Let's hope it doesn't. But like, I mean, I knew a couple people, I should say one person that I went to college with that accidentally ended up in jail. That's crazy. But anyway, (laughs) what I'm getting at 
is I'm just really fascinated in like jail shows, prison shows, because hopefully it's a life that I'll never experience. So it's like, well, what is it like? Because I'll probably never experience it firsthand. So I think that's where my like fascination comes into it. But regardless, I'm fascinated and I've been watching 60 Days In. Now in 60 Days In season one, there was a contestant, Zach, who was my favorite and he rocked big fan of Zach. Um, so he had like a newborn at home and when he came back from the program, the newborn was like three months old. So when that season was done, it was over. He went home. The newborn was there, blah, blah, blah. Great. (laughs) You'll get why I'm talking. You get, you'll get why I'm dragging his baby into this in a second. Now I started season two last night and I need to preface this by saying I fell asleep for the first episode like 25% into it. So for like 75% of the episode, I was asleep. And then I woke up for the second episode. And then I was wired all night because I drank a Diet Coke at dinner. So I was like super hyped up on caffeine once I woke up again. So then I just stayed up and like was watching these episodes pretty much in the middle of the night because it was it was on when I fell asleep. So whatever. So yeah, I might've missed some very important information here. So if I did, please let me know because I haven't gone back to rewatch it. But here's where I'm getting confused. So in the second season, they start off by saying that phase one, which was season one with all those participants, ended two weeks ago. And now they're entering phase two, which is season two, with like eight new participants. So these are supposedly two weeks apart. Then if you take into account they say, you know, five days out once the first episode airs, they say like five days out. So let's say three weeks. And the reason why the baby is critical in this timeline is because Ashley, who is Zach's wife, is now on season two as an inmate. She says, my baby is three months old and I'm leaving my three month old baby at home. So the baby is like three months, which is pretty much how old the baby was when Zach came home. So this baby has not aged. Now, I didn't watch the end of the season. So if when the season is over and Ashley gets out and she sees her baby and this baby is like, you know, walking and talking, then I don't have a problem with the timeline. But here's where I'm getting confused. And the baby is honestly the only constant variable of time in these two seasons because um, a lot of times shows will say time, but it doesn't actually make sense. For example, in Ink Master, they like when they're in interviews, they will say, oh, last week this happened. But then candidly to one another, they'll say yesterday and be referring to the same thing. They say last week because in episode terms, you watched it last week. But in like the real time of filming, they did that yesterday. So it doesn't, it's not always the same verbiage that they use in real time versus how viewers watch it. Okay. But this baby is the same age. It's like a three month old baby when Zach gets out and then when Ashley goes in, she's like, my baby's only three months old. So, and the sheriff is saying that there's a two week gap between phase one, which is season one with Zach and phase two, which is season two with Ashley. And they have a baby together and this baby is three months old. 
we're caught up. I think we all understand what I'm saying. Now, here's where I have a problem with this. Number one, they're doing it to the same jail. So is this really about like making this jail safer or is it about getting this jail clout? I don't get that. That's problem number one. Problem number two, if there's only been like three weeks in between phase one and phase two, how are they so confident that they're like changing what they're doing? Like they're doing more like shakedowns. I think it's what it's it's called. And like they're checking the trays more. Okay. I get that. But here's where I have the biggest problem with it. Well, actually I have two big problems with it. Number one, the camera crew is still there like for an extended amount of time. And the camera crew went in on phase one and said that they're filming a documentary about first timers in jail. Okay, makes sense. But now you're going to go do that a second time? Okay, there's that. Now, the biggest problem I have with season two of 60 Days In is that none of the inmates are the same from season two to season one. And an example, in season two, there's an inmate that's been in there for seven months. So wouldn't we have seen him in season one? And we didn't. Also, there's some inmates that really stick out in season one, such as DeAndre. And I haven't seen him yet in season two. And he should be, he should still be there if these seasons are only three weeks apart, especially because they're in the same pods. They're in F pod, C pod, and D pod, which is where all of season one took place. So where is everybody? Where are all these repeat inmates that are in jail for so long? And this is where it comes back down to the baby. Hello, shouldn't this baby Like this baby is what tells time because if this baby is aged, like I said, then it's obvious that they did these seasons very far apart. But if they didn't and they're actually as close as they say, and this baby is still like on this timeline of like when Ashley gets out, the baby should be like six months old. If the baby is like six months old, then it's true that these seasons were literally filmed like consecutively. But then my mind spirals and I'm like, all right, where are these inmates? And if they're not there, are these inmates actors? And are the participants actually the ones that are on the out? And this is all just for a Hulu special entertainment? Or I guess it's A&E at the time. Do you get what I'm saying? Especially in F-Pod, like I remember a couple female inmates that said they were going to be in there for a really long time and I haven't seen any of them. Now, unless there's different F-Pods, C-Pods, D-Pods, fine, but I have like this conspiracy theory, like maybe these inmates are actors and the participants are the ones that are being told a different story and it's like not actually a real jail, but it's just a TV production. Sit on that. Also, I have a problem with some of the filming, meaning there's some very intimate 
moments that aren't captured on security footage that are captured by a camera crew that seem inappropriate for the camera crew to be there in that moment. For example, in like season one, there is this scene where a bunch of the inmates are in a cell and they're doing like illegal things and they're like smoking contraband. And it's not security footage. It's like camera footage that's back there. And I just feel like the inmates wouldn't let a camera crew back there because that can get them more time. So why wouldn't the camera crew just show that footage to the sheriff? Like that's why they do illegal things where the cameras can't see them. So that's what makes me think like, are the inmates in on this TV show and the participants that are like the eight random people that are being sent into the jail not part of it and they're the ones on the outside I don't know it's just fishy to me and I'm I just need to see the end of season two to see where this baby is to be completely honest and see if this baby is like six months old or a year old because it's going to make a big difference so next week when I finish season two I'll let you guys know but I am a little fishy to be completely honest and I think there's something sketchy going on and I'm also wondering like why wouldn't this show be something that is done around the country to make other jails safer? Like, why are they just doing this one jail in, I think it's Indiana? I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. I'm just not getting it. I'm not getting it. Um, there's some loose holes. There's some definite loose holes. But I feel like when I talk about it, I sound crazy. I don't know. If you guys have thought about this, let me know. But there's none of the same female inmates, none of the same male inmates, nothing. And that just doesn't make sense to me. For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine. And that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. So from blue light glasses, to light therapy, to EMF management, and circadian-friendly lighting, Bond Charge products help you naturally address the issues of our modern day way of life effortlessly with maximum impact. One of my favorite products from Bond Charge is their infrared sauna blanket. I loved sauning and I have for a really long time, but the problem is I always have to go to the gym. And a lot of times I want to sauna at night when I'm cozy at home. I just don't want to leave. That's why using the infrared sauna blanket at home has been so amazing. This is a really great way to ease stress and unwind at the end of the day. It's also really good to detoxify and it promotes um, lower inflammation in the body, which is really, really huge. What's also really cool is that because this is a blanket, your head is out of it. So it's honestly, I find it's easier to stay in this longer. And because my head is out of it, I'm able to like read a little bit longer and my body still gets all the good benefits that I get while being in the sauna blanket. 
It's really easy to set up and it's also really easy to clean. It takes less than a minute to set up. It heats up really quickly and I can enjoy like a 30, 40 minute session in the sauna blanket while I'm relaxing, reading, watching TV, meditating. While if I'm in the sauna, I can really only stay in it for like 15 minutes because it gets so hot and uncomfortable, but because my head's out, I'm able to stay in it longer, but I still get all the benefits of it. I just feel so much more relaxed after my sessions. I just feel really, really good. And I just love ending my night with a sauna. Bond Charge ships worldwide in rapid time. They have free shipping on every sauna blanket. They also have easy returns and exchanges, and they have a 12-month warranty. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E.com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com manifest. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things that I love about Indeed is that I've been able to use it for all of my businesses across uh, the last few years, and it's been really amazing. What I love the most is that I'm able to put down like exactly what it is that I want on Indeed and the candidates that match that get sent right to me. And then the hard part actually becomes narrowing down which ones are the best for me because they all are exactly what I'm looking for. And then it really just comes down to like, which do I vibe with the best? And that's honestly pretty hard to choose from. But Indeed makes it really easy for me to find really good quality candidates that find exactly what I'm looking for instantly. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The only person that I saw that was the same was the female CEO. That was it. Everyone else has been different. And I don't think there's any way that they can completely flip over a jail of inmates within three weeks if that's what the show is claiming. That's where it gets fishy. Do you guys agree? Let me know. Um, all right. Let's talk about procrastination because here I am procrastinating 60 days in, but I'm very passionate about this topic right now. And I do kind of want to keep talking about it. Um, growing up, my grandpa always told me that I should be a lawyer. I think I would be a good lawyer. And I think that would be very stressful. Um, when I was in ninth grade, we did public speaking and debate and I loved public speaking and debate. I felt like I could always have like a good rebuttal and I felt like I always was playing a fun devil's advocate. I had a really, really good time with it. 
Um, I don't know where that just came from though. Why I said that, I literally have no idea. Not a single clue. All right. Anyway, let's move on to uh, how to stop procrastination and how to increase your productivity when it comes to tasks. Now, this isn't like how to get off your ass and make your passion your career. That's not what this episode is. I can definitely make that an episode if you would be interested. But this is more so like getting like getting your work done, buckling down, putting your head down, and just doing the work that you've been putting off. So I definitely work really well under pressure, meaning I always get things done because they simply have to get done, but I also feel like I do some of my best work when I'm under pressure and it's down to the wire. Reason being, I have no other choice but to get it done, so I'm going to get it done and I'm going to get it done right. If I give myself time to start like working ahead, I typically just half-ass it and then be like, oh, I'll just get to it when I have to do it. And then I save the rest for later. Like I'm thinking back to high school when I would have like projects and the teachers would give us like an assignment that was literally like due in a month and they'd be like, I'm giving you plenty of time to work on it. No, I would start working on it like the week before it was due, meaning I would look at the assignment the week before it was due and I would actually get to the assignment maybe two days before it was due and I would just put my head down and grind. And for me, that's always worked really well. But as I've kind of grown up, I've realized, you know, procrastination leads to stress that I can totally get rid of. And I just don't need to stress myself out. So once I've started applying these tips to my life of just avoiding procrastination, um, entirely my stress of work went down because it's just something that I was putting on myself that made it worse for myself and you just don't have to. So these are my tips that work for me. Um, You can take them, you can leave them, but this is what works for me. So number one is block out time for you to do your task. So for example, my podcast, I have a deadline every week. My podcast has has to be sent in to my network by Friday, uh, just like end of day Friday and they're West Coast time. So typically on my side, like 5 p.m. East Coast time is when I want to send it over. So because of that, I have a deadline every single week that I have to meet. I block out time in my calendar every single week to record my podcast. That's on Thursdays from 9 to 11 a.m. And I don't schedule anything in that time. I don't do anything in that time other than podcast. If I'm feeling uninspired, I'll take that time to brainstorm a podcast. I typically get my ad reads on Wednesday night. So even if I don't have like an idea of what to record yet, I'll do my ad reads during that time. What I'm getting at is that if someone asks me for a call or a meeting on Thursdays at 1030, my answer is no, because that's my podcast time. So if you know that you have a task that's due, whether it's um, like an essay that's due or projects for work that are due, 
block out time in your calendar to actually do those projects. And if someone asks you, hey, do you wanna go do this? Or can I have a 15 minute phone call? The answer is no, because you need to honor that blocked off time as if you have a conference call, as if you have an important business meeting, as if you're in the middle of class. You need to like really take that time and honor it because that's you choosing yourself, even though it might not feel as immediate or urgent or prioritized as someone else needing your time for an essay or a conference call, a business meeting, whatever it might be. We tend to prioritize other people's needs of us over our own needs of ourselves. but you need to block out that time. Now, with that being said, I really believe in the power of now and in random spurts of energy. So if you feel inspired, even for like half of a minute, act on it, and run with it because that act of inspiration, surge of motivation, whatever it might be, will translate into a flow state if you act on it. There are several times throughout the week where I'll be driving and I'll just start this dialogue in my head of what could be a great podcast episode. So I'll just take out my phone and record exactly what I'm thinking. And then later on for some episodes, I'll just kind of like re-say what I wrote down or sorry, what I spoke into my phone um, and just like better structure it for an episode. Um, There are some other times where like for stride, for example, I'll have these big tasks. So I'll give you an example of one of them. Um, For CIO, I had to make the instructor schedule and that took months to make the schedule. But there would be days that I have it blocked out in my calendar to make the schedule. So let's say I was going to make the schedule on Wednesday from 2 to 5 p.m. But let's say it was Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. That's typically when I tend to get creative is at night and in the morning. The middle of the day is typically like shot. But in the morning and night. Um, and some nights I'm just fired with ideas. And like it's just boom, boom, boom. It's constant. It's constant. And it's those nights that I just act on it. So if I have the schedule scheduled out in my calendar to be made on Wednesday from 2 to 5, but it's Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. and I just have ideas and they're flowing, I'm going to act on it right then and there and just start doing the task even though it's ahead of schedule. Because once you start acting on your task, you're going to get in this state of flow. So even if it's not like your time to do it, act on it and do it anyway. Even if you like have other plans and you don't really want to be doing it at that moment, motivation and inspiration is not familiar with timing of your life and of your social life and of anything. So once you feel it come on, literally just act on it and do it. Now with those two things aside, let's talk about priorities. So I'm going to talk about my Sunday night to-do list because I have by the okay, so by the end of the week and the end of the weekend, my to-do list for the following week is so overwhelmingly long to look at because everything in the moment feels really important. But this past week I said to myself, "You know what? Tori, we're going to really Um, scatter everything out and make every day have its own priority. Now, priority means one thing. So I'm choosing one thing that is the most important for that day. So I chose one big task 
every single day. On Monday, my big task was, I actually forget, Tuesday, my big task was to put all of my instructors' headshots, bios, and profiles on Mariana. And then I also wanted to resize all of my Phoenixville instructors' headshots to better fit on the app. That was my priority for Tuesday. For Wednesday, my priority was to get my community week schedule in Mariana for Sea Isle. On Thursday, my priority was to get my front desk schedule completely done and sent out to the girls. Those were three big priorities that each day, that was the number one thing that I had to do that day. And I knew that because I had all day to do that, I was going to accomplish it because that was my one and only task for the day. Now, yeah, there's a bunch of little tasks. And once my mind starts, it doesn't really turn off until it's like 9 p.m. And I'm like, okay, the workday is kind of done. But... Um, I can do a bunch of other little tasks, but only after my big task is done. So I want you to look at your list of things that you have to do. And I want you to pick out the five most important things. Then I want you to put the five most important things on each day of the week. So Monday is going to be one, Tuesday is another, Wednesday, so on and so forth. This way you can accomplish one big project every single day that moves the needle forward. Little work is important, but it's not going to move the needle forward. You need to focus on one thing every single day that's going to progress you, whether it's in your studies, whether it's in your career, whether it's in your side hustle, whatever it might be, just something that will progress you forward every single day. So I really want you to look at your daunting to-do list, break it down into a priority and set a realistic list that will leave you feeling like you accomplished what you were supposed to do that day. Once you have that kind of momentum of like, all right, I had a big task today and I did it. It actually just kind of sets you up on this momentum. A body in motion stays in motion. A mind in motion stays in motion. Um, And it just sort of keeps you going and you're ready for the next day because you accomplish something and you feel, you feel good about it. Now, when it comes to creating or sorry, when it comes to actually doing that one priority, that priority is typically what we tend to procrastinate. That's typically what we tend to get our gusto in when I was talking about inspiration and motivation to do that one thing. It's your gusto for that one priority that you tend to be procrastinating. Now, here's how we stop procrastinating that one top priority. You need to set yourself up for success. This is where everyone is going to be different. I've learned throughout the years, That for me, waking up and doing this whole three-hour-long morning routine is not working for me because I lose my gusto and my creativity to get things done. What works best for me is waking up, doing a little skincare, making a cup of coffee, going upstairs, burying my head, and getting some work done. That's when I'm creative. That's when I feel very productive. And that's when I feel like I can do work without having to respond to others right away or without having to involve others right away. It's just time for me, myself, my thoughts, and my creative energy to flow onto a piece of paper, to flow onto an email that I will then schedule to be sent out at 10 a.m., whatever it might be. Um, 
It's just my time to really get things done. But if you're not like that and you need time to wake up in the morning before you have all of your you know, gusto to start your, your one priority, do that. If you need to go take an hour-long walk before, go do that. If you're someone that needs um, a, a hearty breakfast before, go do that. You want anything that will help you get set up for success, that's going to be different for everybody. So while I could sit here and recommend this beautiful morning routine that would work for you to set you up for productivity for the day, it's not going to uh, be ap- applicable to everybody. So you kind of know yourself. If you know that you're very creative at night, maybe spend your day doing things that will give you energy for the nighttime that won't leave you feeling depleted when you know that you need that creativity. If you know that sometimes you're creative at night, but it comes and goes, maybe don't bank on your nighttime to do your most creative work. You really know yourself and I don't doubt that you know yourself. So take what you know and set that up for success. With that being said, once you start your task, I want you to time your tasks. And this really, really helps. So first off, you want to eliminate all distractions. My phone, my biggest distraction. So I turn it on do not disturb and I put it behind my laptop so that I can't even like see my phone. And at the bottom of my laptop, I have my messages on my laptop, but I turned off the notification to my messages so that they won't like pop up while I'm doing work. And then at the very bottom, like that toolbar that has like, you know, your finder, settings, calendar, Chrome, all that sort of stuff at the bottom, I make it as small as I can so that it's not like staring me at the face. That's like, oh, like, let's check your notifications. Like I have it as small as it can possibly go. So that's what my bottom looks like. Um, So once you have eliminated all distractions, now I know that this is also going to be different if you have kids and maybe your kids aren't in school or you and your husband both work from home, you have a dog. I know it's not realistic for everyone to completely not have a distraction, but do the best you can to where it's really just you and your priority. Then I want you to time your tasks and I want you to give yourself a 45 minute timer. You're going to work hard for 45 minutes, not check your phone, not check your email, not check your text, not check Instagram, Facebook, nothing for 45 minutes. After that 45 minutes, you're going to give yourself a 10 minute break. Now you'll probably find in that first 45 minutes that once that timer runs out and your alarm goes off that it's been 45 minutes, the time has going to flown by and you're going to be like, you know what? I could keep working. And if you want to keep working, go ahead, set another timer for 30 minutes. And then once that 30 minute timer goes off and you're like, you know what? Yeah, I could step away, give myself a little break, give yourself a 10 minute break, go drink some water, go walk around the house a little bit. Um, go pet your dog, just do anything that gets you away from work for 10 minutes and remind yourself that the world will keep turning in 10 minutes. The world will keep turning. If you take a break from your essay for the, for the next 10 minutes, you will be okay. Then after your 10 minute break, come back and set another 45 minute timer and just repeat this until you are done your task for the day. Now I find that once I start, I get in this state of flow and that's what we want. We want to get in this state of flow. Once you're in this state of flow, allow yourself to stay in it. If this timer goes off and it's breaking your flow, you don't need to keep timing yourself. Make sure that you know, you're ready to go and just keep on charging through until your task is done or until you need a break, step aside and then come back when you're ready. Um, And it really is that simple of how to stop procrastinating. So just remember to block out time, let yourself get your gusto, set yourself up for success, 
and time your tasks. It really can be that simple. It doesn't have to be this like 10 step program to have more, you know, higher levels of productivity and whatever it is that you're doing. Um, it really can just be as simple as giving yourself the time, space, energy, and gusto. That's like my favorite word, gusto, um, to accomplish the tasks in your life that you are procrastinating. And once you finish your top priority, you just feel this overwhelming sense of pride and accomplishment. And I think that's a really irreplaceable feeling and it's contagious and will make you want to keep doing it again and again and again for tomorrow and the next day. And I just find that whenever I accomplish my big task for the day, I go to bed really proud of myself, very satisfied and ready for the next day. So I hope this episode helped you guys. Um, I hope you found some useful tips. I would love to hear what you guys think about this episode as well as 60 days in. So definitely let me know on Instagram at Tori Sterling underscore. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Be sure to enjoy it. You guys deserve the best day of your life and I hope you get that today. So have a wonderful rest of your day, guys. Happy Manifest Monday and I'll talk to you next Monday.